Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. I want to move fast tonight, and I'm going to touch on many areas. Lord has given me a, a word today, and it's a critical word for this hour and season where we are in right now. And so I'm going to try to explain it to you in uh, the easiest and simplest way so that you can get hold of this and you can grab hold of this, uh, what I want to share with you tonight. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 27, verse 28, he starts and he says that God created mankind in his own image and he's uh, created him male and female and God blessed them and God said, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish in the sea and over the birds of the heaven over every living thing that moves on the earth. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, God created mankind in His image and His likeness. Okay? In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2, he starts off and says, Timothy, my true son in the faith. Timothy, my true son in the faith. Now, I believe that we have natural fathers, and we have spiritual fathers. We have natural parents and we have spiritual parents because God is a spiritual father. We do not see God in the natural, he's spirit, but yet he's the father, the creator of all things. And so there is natural fathers and spiritual fathers. And those that speak negative about spiritual fathers and mothers speak from a bad experience. Okay? They speak from an immature experience and so it can become something that is so beautiful now the purpose of spiritual fathers and mothers is to accelerate generations that is the purpose of it it is not to control it is not to have dominion over them it is to accelerate things you know i had many spiritual fathers and mothers in my life and they've accelerated me in different areas of my life. And it's a simple math. Those that have mentored me, those that have trained me, I went to them at an early stage of my life, and I said to them, you were stupid, and you made mistakes, and I don't want to make those mistakes. It is a simple math. And so, <laughs> tell me what not to do, so that I can accelerate in my life and not go through the same pitfalls in my life. And so they've shared things with me. They've, they've explained things to me. Now, all of them have made mistakes. And they spoke from their mistakes. And they said, well, in this area, we've made this mistake. In finances, in relationships. In, and I've learned from that. But that has accelerated me in my life. And so the purpose of a spiritual father and mother is to accelerate the next generation. Because... It is unnecessary for every generation to start over again. The kingdom of God has to advance. And so we raise up a generation so that they can go above and beyond us. The purpose of a spiritual father or mother is that those you train and mentor and coach in the faith would one day surpass you. That's the purpose of it. They would surpass you. They would go further because they would not make the same mistakes and fall into the same pitfalls as there. And so that's why we have spiritual fathers and mothers. It is not to control us. 
it is to accelerate us. But there is a level of trust, there's a level of relationship, there's a level of commitment, there's a level of faithfulness. You know, there's many people that have come to me throughout my life, many, that have said, can we submit under you? And I said to them, no, I don't know you. <laughs> so because <laughs> I've got some scars, I went through some things. I'm not going to just tell you everything that I've learned, that I've went through, because you've Googled me on the internet. You know, if there's a relationship and there's a trust, you know, and there's a mutual respect, then I might sit with you and say, listen, let me show you some of the scars. I'm not just going to post it and share it out there for everyone. No, I've paid a price for it. I've learned some stuff. I have some scars. There's things that I went through that was uncomfortable. And so I've learned valuable lessons, but I'm going to give it to those that will listen, that will respect, that will be faithful and committed, and that will take that to the next level, right? So the purpose of it is to accelerate the next generation. Now, let me explain this to you. Every person that serves God, serves God from an introduction to a natural father. Every person. The first introduction that you have of God the Father is a natural father. That is the first introduction that you have. And many people grow up and they do not have that. They have, they have an absent father. They do not have a father. And so from the beginning, the intention is of the enemy to corrupt people's identities by giving them an image, distorted image, of a distorted father from the beginning. That is the attack from, from the beginning. And so what the enemy would do is he would take your natural father, and your natural father can be a man full of attributes, incredible qualities, but the enemy will look for the very one thing where he would fail and he would magnify that to distort that image that you have. That you would not see the 10 incredible attributes that he has, but you would see that one thing where he fails. And you would, he would magnify that so that you would remember that that is what a father is. So that the day when you start to serve your real father, you bring that identity over and you serve God through the lack of that father. You know, many people don't believe that God wants to bless them. They don't believe it because they think that my natural father was absent. He did not take care of me. And so in their mind, there is a scheme of the enemy that says that God is not a provider to you. And so there's things, attributes that the enemy tries to distort and bring it over in our relationship with the Father. I'm going to touch two things right now to help you understand. And so there's an attack upon our natural fathers to distort that image of God the Father. Now here the cycle starts. God works in seasons. The enemy works with cycles. Seasons flow in harmony with one another. They don't push one another. It's harmony. But cycles... 
uh, uh, starts to function as a pattern that starts to flow in our lives. And so here, the pattern starts in Genesis. So he says in Genesis, so God created mankind in his image and his likeness. Now the pattern starts. I want to ask you tonight, who is the first created being that quoted God or scripture? Who was the first created being that quoted the scripture, that quoted God? It was the enemy. Listen, if there's a fire here, and, and I have to extinguish this fire, and I have two bottles of water, two bottles, one is empty and one has water in. I'm not going to throw the empty bottle on the fire. I'm going to use the one with water in because it's going to be the most effective. Okay? <laughs> if I want to defend myself <laughs> and I have a brick in my hand <laughs> and I have a <laughs> piece of wool on the other hand and someone <laughs> runs and tries to attack me, what will I use? <laughs> I'm going to use the brick. It's going to be more effective. And so the enemy launches the most effective attack that he can launch, and he quotes Scripture. And so God says, created you in my image and my likeness. And then in Genesis 3, the enemy comes, quotes Scripture, and he says, use the very thing. And he says, no, no, God doesn't want you to eat from the tree because you will be like him. He just said he was like him. They were just created in his image and likeness. And so now he says, no, no, if you, he doesn't want you to eat because then you're going to be like him. He just told them that they were created in his image. And so he brings scripture. And <laughs> it is the most powerful tool that there is. The enemy himself uses the word. He uses scripture. The greatest attack, the most effective attack, is scripture, the most effective tool. And so he uses that and he quotes the scripture, misquotes the scripture in trying to persuade them. And so here a pattern starts to expose a father and to take something and magnify a lie over that father so that, that, so that there can be no relationship. He just told him, you will be like me. And now he's saying, no, no, he's hiding something from you. He doesn't want you to be like him. There's a lie that's coming in. Exact same thing. Here the pattern starts in their lives. Okay? I want to fast forward and I want to help you to understand. Today we have spiritual fathers and mothers. And I'm speaking right now to people in the room that are spiritual fathers and mothers. Those that are in ministry are called to be spiritual fathers and mothers. But the truth is that every person that's in this room, at some stage in your life, you will become a spiritual father and mother. Okay? And so all of us are called to that. There's some that are in ministry right now that's fulfilling that task, but all of us are called to start to function in that role. And so the enemy comes, he, he corrupts the natural, there's an attack upon the natural to distort that so that you cannot have a relationship with God. You believe that there's lack, you believe that he doesn't care, you believe that, that, that uh, your life is not valuable, all these lies that has been betrayed because of the experience that you had with a natural father. But now, those of you that are in the room, that are in ministry, you get saved. 
And so God takes you through a process of restoration, and He takes you through a process of forgiveness, and now God becomes your Father. The fullness of that. And so now we embrace God as our true Father. Now you are a spiritual father and mother. And so now God uses spiritual fathers and mothers to nurture and to, to father the body, to father those that's out there that have that had misrepresented fathers and mothers. But now as we do this, people come to us for counseling. They come to us for wisdom. They come to us uh, you know, when they are in crisis. And in that moment of crisis, we have to represent God. When you give your opinion, you repeat the cycle of a natural father. You go back to the brokenness. And so in moments where people are facing some form of crisis and they come and say, what do you think I need to do? Then I cannot give them my opinion about finances, my opinion about relationships, my opinion about, you know, <laughs> what I think the situation is about. As a spiritual father and mother, it is my responsibility to give them the word. To go to the Word and say to them, well, let me tell you what the Word of God says. And as I share that with them, then they go into restoration and it breaks the cycle over their lives. When I, as a spiritual father, give my opinion, I create a cycle of distortion. I go back into the pattern. Because God raised me up in that position but then I, I gave them my broken opinion. And I've done it many times throughout my life. People came and they consulted me over things. And in that moment, I told them, I gave them my very best. But it was not God. I gave them my opinion about what I would do in that situation. It was the best that I knew, but that wisdom came from broken relationships. And so God brought me to a place and He said, you are not representing me. You are representing yourself. And He says, so therefore as Christ ambassadors, go out and represent Him. And so in that moment, I have to pause and say to them, I don't know right now, give me time. And I go and I consult the Word and I get the answers from the Word now, sometimes I don't like the people that they don't like. <laughs> sometimes the people that have done it to them have done it to me as well. And I have a perfect opportunity <laughs> to sow a negative seed. Perfect opportunity. But then I have to go and I have to consult the Word of God. And I have to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Say, it does not dishonor others. And so, in that crisis, I have, to, I have to speak healthy about that person that they're having the crisis with. I have a perfect opportunity to dishonor them, but I cannot give them my opinion. I have to give them God's opinion. 
And then it says, and love is not self-seeking. And then it says, it is, it is not easily angered. And I mean, it's been bad what they've been through and what has happened to them. And they've got all the right. But I have to consult the scripture and I have to be a spiritual father. And I have to break the cycle over their lives and say, this is what the word says. It keeps no record of wrong. No matter what they've done, God does not keep record of that. And so I have to consult them from that place. And now I become a spiritual father. And so the very attack that started in Genesis, the cycle is broken. Because I become a spiritual father. And you become a spiritual mother. Because you break that cycle that distorts a person's identity. Distorts the natural. I've seen so many times, even in my own life, how the enemy has used the one thing, the one area that my natural father has made mistakes and he would magnify it. it. Might seem like that is completely who he is and always been. And then when I start to look at his life, I realize that's not the truth. That's not what my father is. I remember, you know, things that he's done throughout my life and so many times, you know, but he magnifies it so that you don't see any of that. You only see his failures only see his limitations because it will eventually project to your heavenly father and the enemy will use that same cycle when you are in need to say he doesn't care he doesn't worry he's not he's not he doesn't hear you you're going through this and and i mean he's just testing you see how long you can hold out <laughs> all of these lies that's there that is not the truth because when i look at how i intentionally take care of my children, how much more does God intentionally take care of me? You know, while my children sleep, I put their clothes out. I prepare their clothes for them. They didn't even ask me for that. They were asleep. As I pray in the night, before I go to bed, I lay my hands on them. I anoint their heads. I pray over them. They're not even aware of that. Intentionally, as a father, I intercede for them. How much more does our Heavenly Father intentionally prepare a way for us? Intentionally provide for us. He says, the Word says that He knows our desire before we even think it. He knows what we would need. But the enemy distorts that An absent father that doesn't care. And so suddenly we get into a mode where we're trying to convince God that we need it. We try to convince God, God, I'm really good enough to get it now. I'm really good enough. I deserve it now. Lord, I've been so faithful for 10 years. God, come on. I, I, I deserve it. And we get into a, a system of works the same way I try to please my natural father, now I have to work my relationship with God to show him that I, I'm, I'm, he can approve me for what I need in my life. I said to the Lord uh, two weeks ago, I was going through some things, and uh, I said, Lord, I have a plan. I said, I said God, I, I said, Lord, make my life easier. 
And I said, I knew what he needed to do as well. I said, God, let me show you what you need to do. And so I wrote a simple plan for God. I said, this is what you need to do. This has to happen, and this is to happen, and all of this is going to make me a lot more effective, less tired, less stressed out for you. Just, just do this. Just make my life easier. And God answered me clearly, audibly in the car. He said, I do not do easy. I do faith. I do faith. If you can believe for it, I can do it. But for me to believe for it, I have to believe that that is who he is. I cannot believe for it if I, have this, uh, if I have a distorted image of a natural father that has failed. Then I cannot believe for it. But when I, when I have an image of a perfect father, I can believe for it. Because I know he will provide. And so those of you that are spiritual fathers, spiritual parents, spiritual mothers, I want to share with you tonight that we're in a time right now, right now, where it is our responsibility not to give our opinions. It is our responsibility to consult the Word of God and to represent God in that moment, right there. And now I want to speak to every person that's in this room, because as children of God, we are growing and we are becoming spiritual parents. We are becoming spiritual mothers. We are becoming spiritual fathers in a world full of lack. He is expecting us to give an outcome that is word-based. Let me take you there. <laughs> Some of you don't believe me. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. I'm going to start to end with that. He says, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? who does not know the things that have happened there in these days. Two men walk and they're having a conversation about Jesus. He joins them and he says to them, what are you talking about? And so they talk to Jesus about Jesus. And they say to Jesus, are you the only one that have not heard? And this is his, this is his humor. He says, heard what? <laughs> And so they start to tell him about Jesus. Often in our lives, when we go through things, he waits for our interpretation of the situation. You go through, you walk on a journey, you go through things, and then in that he joins the conversation and he's saying, what are you going through? What are you facing? And what he's saying is, he says, I want to hear your interpretation of the situation. I want to hear how you are going to interpret this. There's a time that's coming in our lives where we have to learn to interpret the situation according to the Word of God. Because the way that you will interpret it is what it will be unto you. 
He wants to hear what are you saying. <laughs> In the book of John, chapter 6, verse 5, he says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I'm talking about disciples that have lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, they've seen miracles, they've seen the supernatural, and yet he asked them, what are we going to do? And they still say, it's impossible. That's still the interpretation. It cannot happen. They still give that interpretation. He says he didn't ask them because he didn't know. He asked them, he tested them to see what is their response going to be. These are people, these are people, these are people who have seen miracles. These are people who have seen the provision of God in their lives. These are people who have witnessed, who have watched videos on YouTube of miracles. who has a, a nephew, a friend, a father, who had some miracle that happened in their lives. These are that people. And then they go through a storm, and he says, what are we going to do? And they say, it's over. <laughs> they say, game over. It's the end again. He's expecting us to respond according to the word. To come back to the word and say, let me give it time. You know, that voice that you rebuke, that you think is Satan, is maybe the voice of God. And he just wants to know, what is your interpretation? Where is your faith? And so we go through storms and he's saying, what's the outcome going to be? How are you going to survive this? And he's waiting for us as spiritual fathers, as spiritual mothers, as sons and daughters of God, as children of God. He's waiting for us to speak the word of God. The same brick that the enemy threw. It is the same, it's the most powerful thing as when we quote the scripture then and we go to the scripture and we say, this is what the word says. When you do that, it is the most powerful weapon that you have. I want to say to you tonight, it is time for us to warfare with the, strip, with the scripture for our dreams. There's a dream that you have, but you have to warfare for it. Go find a scripture. You don't have to know all the scriptures. Just Pick up one scripture. Just pick up the word and start to warfare with that one scripture. And say, this is it. Let me tell you, if it worked for Satan, it can work for you. <laughs> if he used it, there must be power in it. He didn't try anything else. He used the word. There must be power in this word if he took that up. Let us, take, let us pick up the word of God. You don't have to know all the scripture. But Romans 8 verse 18, it says, He says, Consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 
Now we're warfaring. Because the enemy is saying, you're suffering. You're not going to make this. It's too much. You can't carry this. This is beyond. This is out of control. This, okay, let me pick up the word. This is what it says. The word says, consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing. I cannot even compare my sufferings with the glory that would be revealed in us. Immediately, the burden lifts from me. Immediately, it's lifted. I just felt overwhelmed. I just felt tired. I just felt I can't take it. It's too heavy. And when I, when I read the word, it just lifted. Immediately, I'm set free. This is what the word of God says. This is how I warfare in this time. I want to say to you, this to you again, church. We are in a time where the world are going to become darker. But the word of God will become a lamp unto our feet. Because in that darkness, as we read the word of God, it is going to lead us and direct us, reveal the way to us. The way you are going to win this battle that you are in right now, with its healing, finances, breakthrough, the way we, you are going to win this is to pick up the word of God. The enemy does not want you to read the word of God. And he's trying to bring an image of a distorted father. And he's putting that father's face in front of the word. And he's saying, no, 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 he doesn't care. And he's taking that one area where you think he failed and he magnifies it. He doesn't care. Don't read the word. He doesn't care. Don't read the word. He doesn't love. He tries to magnify that one very thing. One thing that happened and he magnifies it to get you not to read the word. Don't go look. Don't read it. Don't consult it. He takes that same very image of a distorted father the whole time. And so even as we become saved, we have to allow God to heal us from the distorted image of a natural father where they have failed. I've looked at what my own father has done in my life and God has showed me so many things. You know, um, <laughs> I don't remember my childhood. I don't remember the first 10 or 15 years. I don't remember a big part of my childhood. But he raised me. He was there. The fact that I'm preaching today is because of a natural father that, put, that gave me that opportunity. My father put a mic into my hand and he said, I want you to preach. And, it, and that very father, that very father is the father that the enemy corrupted, showed me all his weaknesses, everything that he messed up. But it doesn't show me the things that he has done in my life. The very thing, everything that he messed up is magnified. That is who he is. He's bad. That's who he is. He doesn't care. He's selfish. That is who he is. Why? So that when I'm in a crisis and I cry out to God, that memory comes up. God doesn't care. And so the enemy comes and says, You've prayed so many times and he didn't hear you. 
If we've asked so many times and He did not provide, how long are you going to trust? How long are you going to hope? Don't hope because you're going to be disappointed. Don't hope. No, no, it's false hope. What he's speaking about, what the pastor is speaking about now, is only false hope. It's not the truth. And so he tries to corrupt it. Corrupt it. So that, so that we cannot go to the Word and keep God accountable to His Word. Because He brings that natural father up. I want to say to you tonight, your natural father is not as bad as the enemy made him out to be. He showed you a part of him. He's magnified his sin, his weakness, and his failures. But yet in that man is a man, a woman, full of attributes. And he doesn't want us to celebrate that. He wants you just to remember the failures, the abandonment. That is what he wants you to remember. Because it will affect your relationship with that. I had to forgive my father for the fact that I've seen only his weaknesses. I've seen only the things that, if, that he's messed up in. And so I didn't celebrate the things, you know, the very things that I was not even aware of. The fact that I'm here today, the fact that I'm alive. You know, as a child, uh, we went through, as a family, we went through so many things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was a time when I grew up where my parents were so poor, they could not take care of us. They had to, they had to let go of us. But he held on to us. He let go of everything else, but he held on to us. There were so many opportunities and moments that could have destroyed my life, could have scarred me for life. But I'm here today because of a father that have been there. But all that I remember is his failures. Enemies magnify all of that. It doesn't remind you of all of those things. Things that you've done. And so I'm speaking to both sides tonight to help you to understand that there's a father that you have to forgive tonight. You have to set free. You have to forgive yourself for what you've said, for what you've thought, for the fact that you've believed the lies over that father, over that mother. Looks like they're only bad. Don't look at those things. No. And so allow God to come and restore you and then let him introduce to you He's perf the, the perfect father, who he really is. <laughs> because suddenly, you know, there's a father, there is a heavenly father tonight that lies awake when I go to bed. There's a Holy Spirit. While I'm asleep, I'm not even thinking of him. There's a Holy Spirit that intercedes and pray for, prays for me. The enemy doesn't tell you that. I'm not even, I mean, I'm not even in that, in that state. I'm sleeping. He's not even, but yet I'm on his mind. He's interceding. He's praying for me. He's standing guard. He's sending his angels. He's protecting me. And so let's take up the word and fight this good fight. Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for every person in this room right now.
Father, I pray tonight that you would come and restore, Father, the picture of a perfect Father. And Father, tonight we receive you as our Heavenly Father, as the perfect Father, as a Father that is patient, as a Father that keeps no record of wrong, as a Father that does not, that does not dishonor, a Father that's full of love, a Father that cares about us, that loves us, that dreams about us. As a Father, from this night forth, we are not living in faith to try to please you and show you how credible we are and how worthy we are. But suddenly faith starts to happen because of the revelation of how devoted you are to us, how committed you are to us. Father, I pray for every person in this room right now that has a distorted image of the earthly father, of an earthly mother. And Father, tonight we forgive our parents, whether they were, whether they abandoned us, whether they were absent, wherever they have failed, we forgive them. And we forgive that image of a distorted parent, distorted father, distorted mother. Father, tonight we pray that you would come and just shower over us the love, the acceptance of a perfect father, Hugh. And Father, we pray that you would come and teach us your ways. Teach us what a true father is. Father, I pray tonight for a hunger and a desire to read the Word. And as we read the Word, that we would receive revelation of your character. We would receive revelation of who you are. And we would come to know you more through your Word. Lord, I pray that you would come and reveal yourself to us. Show yourself to us, God. Father, the world... Even men and women of God has misrepresented you. They've tried their best, but they have failed. Because they have only portrayed a natural father's weakness. Show us your face. Show us who you are. Father, I pray for every person in this room that you would take us on a journey to reveal to us who you are. And we would come to know you as a friend, as a companion, as a father. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.